Welcome, 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 everyone, to another episode of the Option Menu Crew Podcast. This is episode 16, and with you today is your typical host, me, Ryan. And we got pretty much the whole crew here today. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Thanks for having me again. Awesome. Paul, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. It's uh, sunny out this afternoon. That's always a plus this time of year, so, you know. Fantastic. And then there's Mike. I'm good. How's it going, everyone? Doing well, doing well, and certainly not last or least. Oh, I guess a little bit last. Is Ed. Ed. Also also least, but yeah. No. I'm Ed. No. Last and least. Last and least. In terms of, of name length. Least least letters <laughs> in his name. <laughs> Well, if I was to stretch that into as much of a segue, I guess uh, our topic today does does matter about you know whether or not you're your first, last, most, or least, because this week we're going to talk about multiplayer games and multiplayer modes of video games and and so on and so forth. Uh, anything multiplayer regarding video games is basically on the table today, uh, and it's been um, extra relevant this conversation overall because. Uh, in the before times, our crew here was was meeting at least once a month to get together, and we were playing games locally. And we used to complain about how there wasn't enough games that supported couch co-op. Oh, how short-sighted we were. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days, yep. <laughs> and now, thanks to this airborne virus... Uh, it's become even more important than ever to have access to online multiplayer. So it, it's been something that's, you know, to start with is just, you know, uh, we've talked a little bit on previous episodes in regards to we had a weekly Mario Kart night, and we were playing that because mostly everyone who had a Switch, there was A, we had a bunch of people who had a Switch, B, a bunch of them already owned Mario Kart or were willing to buy Mario Kart, and C, Mario Kart supported up to 12 people online, so we were able to invite pretty much everyone, including the kitchen sink, to play with us. And uh, we'd do that, we'd hop on Discord, and um, just have a chat there while and hang out every, every week, at least once a, once a week, um, to play some Mario Kart for a couple hours. And it was a, it was a, a lot of fun, you know, so... Yeah, who, who originally suggested that? I, I, I know I supported it for Mario Kart, but I don't remember it was someone else's idea first. I thought I was thinking it was you, but I know you there were a lot credit. of credit. You can trade credit, Ryan. <laughs> a lot of shells, a lot of nanners were thrown. Oh yeah. Tons. So yeah, let's let's go around the room here and be like, you know, what kind of multiplayer games have you you've been playing recently and you know how you've been feeling about about this stuff. So um let's let's toss it over to Mark first. Sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of multiplayer these days, way more so. I, I think everybody would probably agree a lot more than, than in years past, probably more gaming in general as well. Big focus is usually, you know, what everybody's playing, but uh, that's not always the case. A couple friends of mine, close friends, they've been playing Call of Duty now for well over a year, you know, Warzone, which I started out playing, but it's just, it's not my cup of tea. 
So I've defaulted, surprise, surprise, back to Gears. Got a couple of friends a little bit more interested, and I know, Ryan, you and I are going to get a little play session in relatively soon as well. Indeed. But I, I think at the at the core, it really just comes down to what everybody else is playing. I think, personally, I always I'm stuck to multiplayer gaming because single players are great, but, you know, like like Cyberpunk, I think is a great example. Like, you have to find out where everybody else is at before you start spoiling a story or anything like that. And it's so much more immersive when you're able to just play with others in the same same matchup. That's that's definitely my my preferred route. Interesting. I would say, you know, for single player games like that, because there's also a social experience to be had when it's single player games and you can kind of do like a book club thing where everyone's like talking about the same game. Sure. That's cool. Uh, I would disagree with you just personally for me that the that makes uh, things more immersive. I think getting engrossed in the story and that's it, it's a different level of immersion, I, I think. Yeah, there. so I'd agree. Yeah, we're talking about two different things, but definitely there's a lot of fun to be had. It's a different kind of fun when everyone's playing the same thing. And I think that applies that point applies whether it's single player or multiplayer, but then nothing beats being able to go, hey, guys, you want to jump on and play this and everyone's already thinking like yeah definitely i was just looking to see if everyone was into it so let's continuing to go around the room paul you know uh you've recently upgraded and acquired a playstation 4 and you've had a slightly different setup than most of us so you know how how much multiplayer gaming have you done like in the past and has that changed in since through 2021 with with covid yeah, I actually haven't done any multiplayer games on the PS4. I was more of a couch co-op person, like you talked mm-hmm. about earlier. Um, I used to love, I don't know, there, there's just nothing better than back in the day, or not even just back in the day, last year even. Um, that's, just, back in, that's back in the it day. It is, it feels like it back feels in the day. It feels like it, yeah. Um, you know, there's nothing better than just getting together with a couple friends and, you know, hanging out, playing some playing some multiplayer games, maybe doing a little trash talking, whatever, you know, just, um, I mean, this is dating back to high school and middle school and things like that. You know, I, I used to love getting together with friends and, and playing multiplayer games. But um, yeah, so as things have evolved, obviously, and changed, we can't do that, as you noted earlier. So uh, w- within the last year or since the uh, pandemic, um, I, I haven't yet, I, I've yet to play uh, any games online uh, multiplayer on my PS4, um, but the game that I have been playing multiplayer has been um, Among Us, which I don't know if you oh, guys wow. are familiar yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a great game. Um, we've actually had a couple um, virtual happy hours at work, <laughs> and um, we ended up really what they were is just pretty much um, a group of us got together and played Among Us. So <laughs> that's I think you know as we get into our discussions and of multiplayer games i think that's a really cool example of a a fun multiplayer game especially for people who can't get together in person uh it, it, oh sorry mark go ahead sorry uh, uh i was just gonna say easy entry point relatively low on resources as far as gaming goes you know it's not like 4k 60 frames right or 144 whatever yeah you know um yeah i've i've that game has kind of taken off, and I think yeah, it really has. Had had the pandemic in a way almost not happened, would that game be as popular? As I it don't is? think it but would. It's yeah, it's I agree. also it's great though to hear that that you said you know that you're you guys are doing like a little happy hour. My office actually tried doing something similar where we were playing like the Jackbox games. Oh yeah, that's a good. Um, yeah. Which you know you don't even need the game; you can just connect to it from your phone, which is which is fun. It's just going back to like. 
I, I like the whole voice chat, you know, getting together, yep. kind of hanging out, collectively having that goal of, of beating a game or completing a story, something to that extent together is, is always fun. Yeah, and I um, I had actually seen Among Us being played on Twitch for a while before I played it, so I kind of knew what I was getting into. Somebody at work had suggested it uh, in our, our chat at work, and I was like, oh, cool, I've never played, but like I, I've seen it so many times. And even if you hadn't seen it, like you said, it's, it's a pretty easy game to jump right into and learn. There's not really much to it. You know, it doesn't take a ton of skill. Um, and it's just so much fun. Like, you know, you have, it, it, the, especially if it's people you know. So we, we did try a couple times when we didn't have like a full crew of people um we did try just like making it public and letting some random people in and it, it's not as fun with the random people like it's so much fun when you just have people you know and you you know you're accusing people like well i saw you like kill this person i was over here and blah, blah, you know how, you know how that game goes so um right. yeah so anyway so that's basically been my my main experience with uh multiplayer games since the uh pandemic and i think it's great like you said mark i, I don't know if that game would have taken off as much as it did because I, I think it really helped the fact that everybody's home and looking for for a, an easy game to pick up that they could play with friends uh, or people that they know and that really is the perfect game to do it so yeah so that's that's my it's my experience over the last year as far as multiplayer goes yeah and among us is a excellent example of having so many of the features i think that appeal in terms of multiplayer but before we we pass it around the room again paul i just wanted to ask since it sounds like you're you're playing among us with a bunch of uh co-workers you were saying and I, I, we don't have any reference for who these co-workers are can you speak anecdotally whether or not you've been able to find out some of these people maybe they really don't play video games too much and this is kind of like their first dipping into did you get a feel for that how many people are like kind of new to video games versus people who discovered this because they were they, they were already like into video games yeah you can kind of kind of tell um who's who's new who's who's just jumping in on, on stuff for the first time and who's more of like a video game pro um yeah you you could definitely get that vibe but but the nice thing is like i like i was saying it is so easy to jump into so i feel like there were a couple people who had no experience or maybe very limited experience with video games in general and after you know a couple games maybe just one two three games were able to you know kind of basically be on the same level as everybody else just because it's such a this simple game i don't i don't want i don't know if simple is is putting it down but i'm saying simple in a good way as in you know it's i don't think that's it's, that's a negative at all it's yeah it's that easy entry point like i would right. never recommend a new gamer hop on a gears with this crazy cover based system and yeah exactly you know, third person active reloading you gotta like time your reloads like no that's that's ludicrous and i, I right get that, so <laughs> yeah so I, I definitely got the vibe um you could tell who, who had played uh who is more of a gamer and who wasn't but yeah i feel like the people who weren't after a couple games were were right into it and were like full fully able to be imposters and be pros at it without any issues exactly and i i'm just curious because i love to hear stories about you know new people getting into video games and what their entry point game is and why because that's it's just so refreshing to see more people getting into it and discovering and, and that may lead to them trying other games and more experiences there and that just gives everyone more chances to connect and be social yeah definitely yeah and every person who played it um even the people who aren't gamers uh or who had just never played among us before um every person who played it 
said that they loved it there there wasn't a single person you know, any of the times that we've played that was like yeah i wasn't that into it i don't think i'm gonna do it again um every person was like wow this was way more fun than i thought it was gonna be like let's definitely do this again this game's awesome which is fantastic as well and i just wanted to throw a quick yeah. note in on the simplicity like i don't think saying some a game is simple is necessarily bad uh it could be for a person depending on what they're looking for in terms of taste which is fine but right. intuitiveness is a mark of simplicity and something being designed intuitively is not a bad thing. So just putting that out there as well, that wasn't taking your, your comment as a, as a mark negative and other people shouldn't as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to make sure I was clarifying that I, I didn't like, I didn't mean simple as, you know, that's so simple. It's uh, it's easy or whatever, but simple in a right, good way. Right. <laughs> which is great. And, and even if you were to say that, like that's perfectly valid because we're allowed to have different personal tastes. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, Mike, why don't you tell us about like how multiplayer gaming has been over like this last year? You know a little bit of your history if you want, like what what you've played. Yeah, so this year, like multiplayer gaming, like everyone's been saying, it's been a lot different than in previous years because in past years it was all it was mostly local. Like, yeah, I would still go on and online and play some games with friends that weren't in the area, but for the most part, like it was more local than anything else, you know, family gatherings or, or whatnot. So yeah, that's been, it's been different in that retrospect. Uh, so like some of the, the games recently, I think played a lot of like Mario Kart, even like this summer I was playing a lot of, uh, like NHL. Can't remember which year we were playing, but sure. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, Playing a lot of uh, Super Smash, uh, Tetris, and Puyo Puyo. Uh, you, I, oh, go ahead. When you play uh, NHL, do you usually do like the pro club where you build out the team and play together? No, no, no? we just no, we just I pick whatever team. I mean, just I like think the we play. On, yeah, just head to head. I don't really get into like customizing and all that. I mean, maybe when I was younger, I would like customize characters and stuff, but I don't really get into that. Gotcha. Anymore. Yeah, I, that probably was has been like my all time favorite as far as like online play goes. Is not like NHL. Probably like my favorite memory of like accomplishing something was when me and my brother actually were like ranked top two hundred in the world, and we beat a previously defending like champion of like the elite or the, like the highest tier, and like we felt like we were on seriously top of the world. Like it was <laughs> so cool. But this was like a random person that you're playing or like no so this was like EA SHL I think is what it was like you were you know you were your one individual player that played only that position and and he like I think I was left wing he was right wing because it was yeah. usually the two of us we had other friends that every now and then would join but like we got really really good together and, and built up that chemistry cool. yeah That's awesome to but, me uh, I I uh, oh sorry Mark, but I just wanted to chime in real quick, not to get off on too much of a tangent, but to me they're one of the best uh, or, or my favorite times of multiplayer were the uh, NHL games for Sega. I know or Sega Genesis. I know Mark, you're a big fan of NHL '95. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I'm just picturing you were talking about how you and your brother were playing online, and uh, you know it was such an accomplishment. It would have just been so cool thinking about it, like if if that functionality existed back then when those games were around, like that would have been awesome. Um, I, don't, I, I love those games. I don't know if you heard this. They literally just re-released NHL 94 on Xbox and PlayStation. Oh, nice. But, but huge, but 
there is no online multiplayer. I'm uh, scratching my head because, like, again, they just released this, I want to say, like, September, October, maybe, of, yeah. of 2020. And it's like, people, like, we're yeah. not getting together. You know, we've already talked about this. Like, we're, we're not doing this. Like, why? So maybe this upcoming year, they're going to release well, it. The cool hope. thing that Nintendo does is, like, they have the online, if you're, if you're subscribed, you can yeah. play, like, the NES and SNES games with, like, they added, like, online multiplayer to them, which wasn't, that's, like, that's super fun too. Yeah. That's yeah, I would have sweet. thought that would have been the whole purpose of like a re-release or, you know, it's like, hey, now we have online availability because this didn't exist in this game before. So, um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like one of those things that you think would be added in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not 2019, but. Definitely now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then another game uh, was Animal Crossing. Uh, that was that I played with other people, uh, some family members. And it was cool because, you know, you get to visit other people's towns and see, like, what they were creating and how their towns were coming together. So that was another game that I've really been enjoying. Over. Mike, I've, yeah. I've heard good things about Animal Crossing. I've never personally played it. I've, I've seen a little bit on Twitch, some people playing it, but I, I haven't got too much into it. It's kind of like a, like a Sims-type game, right? Like that, that style. Or, or it's that like, type of idea, I guess. Yeah, it's it's, it's like, like nothing else. I wouldn't say it's like the Sims. Oh, okay. I, okay, I, don't, okay. I, I don't even think there's another game that's remotely close to it. Oh, okay. I yeah, I've heard, I've heard a lot of good things, but I, I think I, it's I pretty much its own thing. But, but so it is kind of simish in that, like you can, you have a certain amount of agency over building up your your environment. I don't know if you can build like multiple houses and things like that because I know there's other characters that come in and out. Um, you're not you're not like God mode like you are in Sims, but you mm. can kind of uh, exert control over the environment. Uh, Mike, well, there's similar in that you both like in both of them you're like creating and like you know building your own environment. I guess yeah, maybe not so in like the intricacies of each yeah. game. It's much smaller scale, but it would I would put it in like a similar category, kind of like mm -hmm. how like Pokemon is a, a JRPG, but it's a much <laughs> to repeat the term simpler RPG than say like <laughs> Final Fantasy or Persona. Hey, don't don't tell competitive Pokemon players that. You well, know, there's hunting, their, hunting the shinies and breeding their IVs. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think it gets pretty in depth. <laughs> well, those are hidden intricacies that aren't exactly the core of the game. They're just kind of bonus depth and i don't how, know about uh, like land building like was that a thing and could you like change like the environment around you in sims or i think it's in the new ant oh go ahead i think in sims you couldn't do like landscaping and things like that if you want you really have control over the space like it starts with like a default and then it it modifies i haven't played too much sims but i, I uh, i've seen sims gameplay and heard from other people who do play it so it sounds like like in Sims, you do have more, and it depends on which Sims game you're talking about. If you're talking about like The Sims and not like Sims Roller Coaster or uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon or something like that, it's it's mm -hmm. different as well. So, if Animal Crossing yeah. you're saying now is terraforming would be the term for that feature, then I believe terraforming yes. is in The Sims in in a certain okay to a certain degree. Interesting. Yeah, I've never been like a big Sims player, so. But Animal Crossing is just like a relaxing game where you just like talk to animals and like you you get you you know you build up your house. 
by like shaking trees and getting fruit and then selling them and you can craft and I don't know. It's a, it's a relaxing and fun experience, especially with other people, like just going to their towns and like seeing what they created and then trying to like replicate that in your town or, or even like come up with like a certain theme or whatever. You that's also, do. that's something that also exists like offline in the sense that like, you don't have to be online for me to go to your village and like check out your progress and, and what you're up to. Right. No, you have there, to, there, you no, have... there, there is a way now. There's like a, oh, a dream, sorry. a dream feature, but it's oh, not gosh. like a lie. It's more of like a museum almost, where you can walk oh, around okay. and and see what's there, but you can't really interact with it. But I think that there is a way to. Uh, but you have to like share out. your like code or something like that with somebody else. I don't think you can yeah. just like. You can't browse people's. Yeah. Gotcha. I think it used to have a feature in one of the older editions the 3DS of Animal Crossing. Yeah. yeah, but they, they ended up trimming that back because people would grief other players or mess up their islands and or towns <laughs> or whatever. So Nintendo's kind of pulled back on that feature a bit. And I've, I've heard there's been some frustrations with the amount that you can do both. There is local co-op and the online co-op is apparently um pretty limited, but it's it's more to the fact of trying to prevent the, those kinds of sabotage from, from outside players. However, I did want to mention from Ed's point about Pokemon's like extra depth. Animal Crossing can be played as a very stressful game if you are trying to do like there's a trading market to get because the currency in that game is called bells, and there's usually a goal where like you the, the conceit is you wind up in a location, you are then loaned a huge amount of bells in order to like build your house and get started and do things, and you have to pay back Tom Nook the raccoon who gave you this very generous zero interest loan. Um, and so people will try to do like uh, the trading market where they can sell specific items and they'll be at higher selling prices on certain days. So that's people turnips. Will be... that's, that's turnips. That's the stock, the stock market, as they call it. There, oh. <laughs> S-T-O-A-L-K. Love that, love that pun. So there's that, plus people will try to game the system in order to get the event-only like pieces of furniture and decorations, on top of there being a certain level of, of customization that you can do with that. Uh, also, villagers come in randomly, and they have different perks to them. I'm not sure exactly what the perks are for per villager, but they come and go, and they have different personalities, and there's different ways to trigger them, and uh, people try to manipulate so they have the exact villagers they want, and <laughs> in a very meta system the only way to get rid of villagers is you literally have to continuously bully them until they are so (laughs) unhappy that they decide to leave your town slash island in in the new game and then eventually someone new will come in so it's almost like you have to become a bad person but people do it because like no no i don't like this character i don't want this character sometimes (laughs) even people that you like talk to a lot and are like friendly with they'll just like They'll be like, oh, it's time for me to go or something like that. And you're like, no, 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 please stay. So, yeah, there can be random events like that. People selling villagers because when you kick someone out and you go visit someone else who is also leaving at another island, they'll come to your island. And then there's uh, Nook Miles tickets that are kind of this meta currency because you can use use those to go to random islands where you find villagers. So there's a, a... very strange economy if you want to get into it <laughs> yeah i don't know i just play That's it more insane. as like a relaxed thing i don't really like I you're not supposed know. to sell villagers nintendo does not yeah. condone <laughs> i don't i don't even do the stock the stock market yeah 
and, anything like that. And I wasn't insinuating you were Mike. I was just saying, because <laughs> uh, of Ed's example with with my thing about Pokemon, Pokemon is that Animal Crossing is meant to be this nice, relaxing kind of. You're in the space. You have tons of agency. Uh, to control that stuff, and there's little fun of random events, which is meant to just kind of spice up the experience as you go and give you a, a semblance of progression. But you can turn it into this <laughs> stressful experience yeah. if you so desire. So it, it's got its dark side, just like about any Nintendo game, really. But That uh, was like the first <laughs> three months of like quarantine, like, that's when I was playing it the most, but I know like some cousins and stuff, they're still like, you know, like deep into that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My sister, I think she had like 800 hours this year. I, and, oh, wow. um, work, working from home gives you from some time to, you know, put that switch next to you on your desk. That's right. And it's super easy for that kind of game because it is very, it can be played very passively and the game can just kind of happen on the side. So, it is that I mean, kind we of could game. we could do a whole entire podcast about Animal Crossing and all the the nutty things that go on. <laughs> Put it on the list. Ah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, if you guys want to do an Animal Crossing cast, we'll uh, we'll see if we can pencil that in somewhere. At the same time, uh, moving along, uh, Ed, I know you've been playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate with me and Mike on. The, uh, on the occasions that we have, but you know, what has your multiplayer habits been like in in the past, and how might they have changed in the recent like <laughs> twelve months? So I'd say in the last twelve months, I probably played more multiplayer games than I have in the rest of my life, at least competitive. Um, I did play a lot of like co cooperative stuff with my siblings when I was younger, and you know, in grade school. But this last year has been Mario Kart, Smash. We got Mike and I will play clubhouse games, which is a bunch of little parlor and mini games, which is great. Um, Tetris, like you mentioned, Uno, Uno, surprisingly, Uno on Switch is really fun. Like you wouldn't think Uno would be worth it, but five dollars on sale, I've I've probably gotten my ton of value out of that game. Um, but Switch is really where it's at for me. I just uh, I don't really play multiplayer on PlayStation, which is the other platform that I have. But I, I would say, you know, Mark said he, he really prefers multiplayer. I think historically I have preferred single player. Um, and I, I do like multiplayer, but for me, it's more of a casual experience. It's, it less, it's less about the game I'm playing, more about the people I'm playing with. Like, I, I don't love Smash as much as I know you do, Ryan, but I, I get enough enjoyment out of it. And it's fun to just chat and you know, hang around and play a little bit. So for me, it's about the social experience. I, I could, as long as a game is something I can at least kind of play, you know, I'm not that great at a lot of uh, multiplayer games, but um, if it, as long as I can at least understand the fundamentals, then I can have fun with it as long as I, you know, like the people I'm, I'm with. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's why um, I, I mentioned with Among Us, that like I I I did I don't love it as much like if we include random people because part of my part of the thing I love the most is uh, the the people I know like that's almost uh, the whole fun of it is just interacting with with people that I know and uh, you know with Among Us especially there's so much back and forth and and talking and things like that that yeah I, I agree with you that for for me at least uh, more of the fun experience is just the social aspect of um, talking to my friends and and whatever. 
but it's got to be something that's accessible for me. Like, I don't I don't really think I'm ever really going to get too into a really hardcore fighting game versus Smash, which does have a very you, you can play it on a basic level. And I guess you could for other fighting games, but some some games just they feel like there's uh, too much of a learning curve for really for me to really get to the point where I, I could enjoy it. So simple stuff is good for me. Sure. And I think that's an excellent point for us to ask to the group and we'll go back around the the table again because we have different feelings about why we play multiplayer games and what games we tend towards. And you 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 said a couple things that I think are actually excellent points that I hope we can get to today. But I want to focus on that kind of motivation to play the multiplayer games next. I've got several types of multiplayer games I like. I love the arcadey kart racers, so that's why Mario Kart is so much fun. But I, I do also, I've been, I've gotten back into Need for Speed Hot Pursuit because it's very arcadey, but it's also extremely fun. Just where you've got the team of racers and the team of cops, but they've each got their own gadgets, and you can do four v four. So it's really easy to play online, and it just recently re-released on on pretty much everything, and it's got full cross-platform online, which is fantastic. But then I also, I do play fighting games. I don't. I'm not really good at first-person shooters, but I do enjoy a couple. Like I've played Halo with some with some people um, over time. My friends have been super big into it, but I've never been too great at at that specifically. I love Overwatch, however, and mainly that's because it's a team one, but also the variety of the characters and their skills and the way you can kind of get better at playing your character and playing your role. Although it, it, I do like to branch out and try different things, and I I, I may have fun. Playing a character I'm not good at because the character itself is fun. And the same thing with fighting games. I, I, I try to get better and I do enjoy playing some of those games and getting better on my own and, and working on that and then taking that skill online. Though, as I've mentioned in the previous fighting games episode, that fighting game online is currently not the greatest um, because a lot of the po- most popular games are Japanese and they don't they don't utilize the best net code that exists, but that is slowly changing in the positive direction. And then... The other type there is is there's some of the the party games and whatnot that you have like a, you mentioned Uno. I me and my friends just recently got into the digital edition of Game of Thrones board game uh, that we like there. So those are like the main ones. So I wanted to ask for you guys as you mentioned there could be the social aspect, but are there games you enjoy playing? Oh, and Rocket League. I love Rocket League as well, which is kind of like a mix of arcadey sports action. And I'm looking forward to trying the Destruction All-Stars game that will be coming out on, on PlayStation 5. Um, they're actually putting out a a beta period, a free beta period next month for PlayStation Plus members. So I'm looking forward to trying that and kind of like offbeat style multiplayers. Oh yeah, With- the Destruction All-Stars, that looked pretty fun from like yeah. the trailers and stuff. Like that would be a crazy fun multiplayer game. Yeah, I want to try it and, and see, but uh, going back around the room, and, and Mike, I'll toss to you next. When you play a multiplayer game, are you driven mostly just to play a game with other people, or are there certain multiplayer games where, like, the multiplayer is the main mode that you enjoy inherently playing, whether you're good or bad at it, and you would play it, you know, with strangers and with friends, or is it kind of just one or the other? So, Mike, I'll, I'll toss to you for uh, first for that uh, that question. I would say it's like a little bit of both. Maybe like I, I enjoy playing Super Smash with other people, but I also like enjoy like going through the classic mode and, and playing as all the different characters 
like that. And but then also like I'm not good at Battlefront online, but I'll play it with other people because like I just enjoy you know being in that environment like that Star Wars environment. So Exactly, yeah. Even though I'm not like some super like super good at shooting type games, I enjoy playing that one online even if it's not like I've played it with friends and I've played it by myself, but I've still uh enjoyed it either way. So it's a little bit, you know, the social part, it's a little bit the uh enjoying the games that I'm playing like if it's a game that I wouldn't like at all, I I don't know like <laughs> But yeah, I would still give it a shot. Yeah, and I do have to mention that uh, I also have dabbled more into Battlefront 2, the newer Battlefront 2, as yeah. it has improved. And so, same thing, I, I think that's extremely fun. I do, we've played more of the, it's still online co-op, but the limited where you're just a team of four versus like waves of AI. So I guess it would, you'd call it like horde mode uh, for, for shorthand. Whereas when we've tried jumping into the bigger online arenas, you know, there's just so many p- people that are killers that it's not as not as fun because you don't feel like you can make as much of an impact. But we enjoy like our four man groups and and doing that against like the AI and, and working together. Uh, Left 4 Dead had a very similar kind of feeling to it as well. So yeah, that's a, that's exactly a, a, what I was asking there. So I'm gonna toss over to Paul next, and you know, same question to you for for multiplayer. Are there you really only play for just the social, or are there any um, exceptions where it's like, oh, I really do enjoy this, and then the multiplayer is also a bonus. Or maybe you got into it for because the multiplayer was so fun, and then you started playing it on your own. Yeah, I know. I know. I kind of touched on this earlier um, in response to what Ed was saying, but yeah, I would say for the most part, uh, maybe not always, but uh, let's say ninety percent of the time or so, um, I, I play. It's it's more for the people as far as multiplayer games go. I mean, there have been ones in the past where I play and. Uh, and then maybe I get into the multiplayer afterwards or to bonus or something like that. But yeah, as far as multiplayer, I, I don't know why. Um, and this goes back to not even just with online mode, but back with, you know, couch co-op that we talked about earlier. Just part of the experience of multiplayer for me is is the people you play with. It's always fun to, you know, back, remember when we used to have our game nights and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily care as much about what games we were playing or what, what the games were. It was more fun just to play with people and like, you know, and it's i don't know if i could really describe it any better than that i guess is yeah it's just just for me like i said there might be a couple exceptions but i would say 90 percent of the time or so it's more about just yeah it's more about just playing it's more about just the people the social interaction that whole aspect that's that's what i've always loved about multiplayer games and i would say that continues to be the same to this day okay no that that's excellent and uh let me toss over to ed then next because you both kind of answered in the same thing so it's more specifically targeted ed is there any like exceptions where you may have been introduced to a game because of the multiplayer and then you enjoyed it enough that you will play it on your own either with you know like with random people or or just there were single player modes or things like that is there any sort of exceptions for you in that regard i don't think so i've never played online with just random people for any game and for most of the multiplayer games I play, I don't even want to play the single player mode. Like I was almost frustrated with Smash that I had to spend the time to unlock the characters because I just wanted <laughs> yeah. to play all the characters in multiplayer. But mm-hmm. you know, I did I did put in the grind to uh, unlock the characters, and it wasn't that bad. But I mean, I I, I almost if it was if there was like twenty dollar DLC to unlock the characters just so I could play them all, I might have spent that money. Um, 
I didn't, you know, I, I would liked that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe had almost everything unlocked. Um, yeah. You know, other than the cart parts. Mario Tennis, I didn't mention that one, but I really like the new Mario Tennis. And I don't, ha- I don't have all the, the, the courts unlocked in that because they didn't beat the whole story mode. So it's good enough for me. I just, I just want to play with my friends. That's pretty much it. Okay, great perspective. And then finally over to Mark. So same question, you know, is there uh, specific games that you find exceptional where you'll, you'll play the by yourself regardless of the multiplayer and it's more like a bonus or games you've been introduced to the, the single player through starting off in the multiplayer? I think you guys know the answer as far as multiplayer goes. I play gears probably 95% of the time with randoms uh playing horde mode you know collectively grouping up it's rare that i'll ever do voice chat it's something it's something i constantly tell myself that i really just need to like find like a group that that you know goes on but sometimes i'll hop on for like a half an hour sometimes i'll hop on for like a couple hours or whatever it may be so it's, it's difficult to just like commit to a group to then be like hey let's all go on at this set time on this day like my schedule doesn't really just work all that well necessarily right now for that but now i i also want to mention we have been playing more battlefield so brian if you ever want to come back and and try your try your luck in battlefield it's uh it's still pretty active for battlefield 4 so i don't think i ever purchased battlefield i I swear we played that many years back it was it was the big one Many years ago. Oh, but, uh, if it's been a couple more releases since then, like, yeah, like I thought, twenty thirteen. Okay, that maybe that's why my count's off. So I'd I'd have to double check, but maybe yeah. we'll uh see about that. We'll have to do gears first there. Uh, <laughs> I've already I've already <laughs> got a whole bunch list. of stuff. So that's that's the other thing. Like um, just kind of an off tangent is like there is a bunch of multiplayer games. And I know for a fact, and this kind of feeds back into what I was saying before. Like I love fighting games a bunch. It's probably my primary multiplayer, although it's one v one. And I like that because in the olden days, you know, you could have a couple people around the room and it's like you pass the controller around, everyone's kind of just testing their skill, everyone gets to watch people and see how they play and you can take notes, you know, and practice mentally and then you get in there and you play and it's just fun to goof around and trash talk. And then I'll play fighting games on my own, either offline in training mode just to practice and get my moves down, or I'll go online and then try to take that the next step and apply them in combat, but ultimately coming back to try and uh, play against my friends because I want us to have that friendly rivalry there, and and the same thing with other with other games too. Like with Rocket League, I like to I've been trying to put in more practice time here and there. Uh, not only have we been playing a bunch because a, a large group of our friends enjoy playing it, but I'm not the greatest. I can enjoy it on my own for winning or losing. Like I want to get better, but I because I know I'm not the most skilled person and I'm not trying to become like a pro or something. My mentality is like, hey, if I'm not doing so great, that's it sucks. Try to focus on getting better and understanding why I did wrong, but I really don't try to put too much pressure on it. But, you know, you, you get that feeling with some other people where it might be... Uh, some people take it more seriously than others, whether that's because they're more competitive, whatever the reason for the attitude is. So, pivoting, is there any specific reasons why you're put off of multiplayer games in, in certain regards, or you, you lean more towards certain types of multiplayer. So I guess another way to frame that question is, what types of multiplayer do you enjoy? Is it the competitive, the cooperative, the mix of the two, or, or that? So um, we'll toss back over to Mark. So what kind of multiplayer modes do you enjoy? 
definitely more of like a strategic approach. Uh, I I know you said something a second ago just about like what puts me off uh, latency. Um, you know, when games launch and servers are, are trash, that's just when things are just not fun. Yep. Uh, certainly, it's something that tends to get better, but you know, you don't buy a sixty dollar game to then not be able to play it for a couple of weeks. But yeah, I like the strategy games. Arma was another game that that I was going to bring up a minute ago just about who else I, I play with. Like that has a very, very positive, uh, you know, they, they bring people together, very supportive type of community. Um, and that's one that I'm, I'm a very big fan of just because of, you know, even if it's the first time you're booting it up, everybody's there to support. A lot of people use voice chat, which, which is cool to, to chat with people across the globe. Um, even if, you know, they're not even in the United States, which is, it seems to be majority of the case, but not always. So, okay. yeah, and I can feel you with the latency. Like that's kind of what I'm getting at when it comes to fighting games. Or... Fighting games, yeah, yeah. Smash Brothers. It has had some improvements, but it's still using old school delay based netcode. And there's probably some technical limitations to why that that won't work because there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Whereas with other fighting games, it's not as much. It's just a matter of the Japanese companies have to decide to put in the resources to design their games with it involved. A lot of Western games. Western fighting games use uh, rollback netcode, which is the superior form, and Killer Instinct uses it. We've played that a bunch. If we played online, it would effectively be the same experience in terms of the gameplay of us playing online versus being next to each other on the couch. You know, there's nothing that can be replaced. The the idea of being next to each other on a couch and being able to like throw a pillow at oh, someone, yeah. like that was the <laughs> cheapest combo I've ever seen. But Gameplay-wise, it would be the same, and that can be super discouraging. Push the controller out of their hand. Yeah, exactly. It disconnect. Like, oops. Well, I mean, we don't have cords to necessarily disconnect anymore. Oh my god. Uh, or as often. Wait. Sorry. Very, very quick tangent. Yeah. My older brother. I don't know why I just remember this story. Years ago, on original NES, if I was beating him in something, <laughs> we used to have the console right on the floor. If he like, he figured this out. If he yep. like jumped and like hit the ground really hard, it would like crash the system. So like oh, the man. game was just over right then and there. <laughs> it was such a dirty little trick. Yeah, I remember being in the middle of Nintendo games and the game just like the game just crashing. That was always the worst. Mm -hmm. You had to be very careful. Oh, this was this was a strategic plan. <laughs> yeah, it was purposely done. Sorry, sorry, Ryan. Had a, no, that, that's had a great. Uh, I'll, I'll use that as a side tangent as well because there's multiple <laughs> different ways you can like trigger those failures. So of course, mm -hmm. like one of the most common thing is someone could kick the system and sure. or pull out the pull out the controller cable like you didn't win you know that that kind of thing um there was a fun story that went around i think it was sonic 2 sonic 3 or sonic and knuckles one of the sonic games or sonic 3d blast sonic 3d blast yeah that that weird isometric sonic they put out towards the end of the sega genesis era you could tap the cartridge and if you tapped it you got like this message like you have unlocked the secret debug menu <laughs> and that message was meant to be a feature huh. that was a developer-only feature that if for some reason the cartridge's connections with the with the uh, connectors in the in, in the system got disrupted, instead to pass certification, instead of the game hard locking, it would do that message and do like a soft reboot into a debug menu, and then you could reselect the stage and continue. But people because they, so they coded the message that way instead of it being hmm. like an error message they made it seem like it's a positive secret that you found so they could pass certification. Um, <laughs> so there's that, and people might remember as well, like uh, 
like I, I assume maybe with your brother, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing like maybe your guys like outlet was actually kind of weak and didn't hold the plug. I'm sure everyone's had that situation where you can't get a plug to stick in the wall. And because uh, they used to have those like power bricks that hang off the, oh, the yeah. outlet. So, you mm-hmm. know, if he jumped, probably was shaking prom. the house and it like would slip the yeah. power cable on one side or the other. So that's what I was thinking when you were saying like, oh, he he was inadvertently realized he was just like. <laughs> well, it was it was fully planned, but it was you know I don't know how many times it took and like what what caused that to happen, yeah. but yeah, just a just a silly silly experience of you know how to the, the whole local couch co op. How do you oh, yeah, try exactly. to get that that upper hand? Yeah, no fun fun story there. And so I want to I want to toss back over to Ed. Uh, you know what is it that like puts you off of of multiplayer games? And do you think if there's is there anything that could draw you more into them, or is it just kind of your your the way your tastes work? I think anything with too high of a skill floor kind of frustrates me. And um, if I'm playing with people who are so far beyond me in their skill level, um, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. Uh, that's that's probably part of the reason I don't play online because I think a lot of the people who play an online multiplayer game play that game exclusively, or they play it so much that um, I just I just don't generally put in or want to put have the time or want to put in the time to uh, really improve at that game. I, I'm a I'm a casual player when it comes to multiplayer games. Um, so I and I also like um, when there are features that kind of you know give you at least a random chance to turn the tide. Like I like the I like the final smash attacks in uh, Super Smash Bros. Yeah. And I. As much as I I do hate some of the you know the items in Mario Kart the blue shell and the right. you know the bullet bills I mean they they do give you a chance when you're far behind so it those those are those are, I think those are good things for bringing in new players and uh, perhaps retaining the ones who may not have spent as much time in the game or just aren't as skilled at it um, yeah having having comeback mechanics can be really fun for keeping things kind of fair. And so you kind of answered this, but I'm just going to ask straight out just in case there was any more you had to add, which is, are there any games where you feel like, multiplayer games specifically, or types where you've actually found yourself, where you enjoy the mechanics enough that you, you would practice or get better? Or is it for the most part, like, across the board, you're you really just kind of play casually, and if you tend to pick up tricks, you know, you're having fun, and you'll you'll apply them as necessary, but you never really go out of your way to improve? Probably not anything. I mean, I'm at this point in my you know gaming career, I'm pretty um, you know comfortable with the kind of games I would enjoy. Like I will say that I I have a hard time with first person games. I I just mm-hmm. find them pretty difficult to control. It just doesn't work for me too well. Um, so I tend to stay away from shooters. Sure. Like I was kind of I was kind of disappointed that Cyberpunk ended up being a first person game because I I certainly would have liked to try it um at least eventually just because the setting appeals to me um and maybe i will maybe but you know obviously not now but we don't have to talk about that <laughs> yeah me me too there is a third person mod it's a rough third person mod that someone's working on um the game it was truly animated for first person so there's a lot of jank animations that are typical when designing for first person view but who knows maybe in the future, the, uh, they'll actually get official support, and CD Projekt Red will, will put something in. Because I, I think that game would have been great with like a third person over the shoulder, especially with how wacky you can customize your your character's outfits with the different clothes. So, 
I, I, mean, I agree with you. It's on that really point. weird how I I just have trouble with first person because I can I can kind of play like a shooter if it's third person, um, which doesn't seem like there should be that much of a difference. But for me, there kind of is. I agree. I, I enjoy seeing my character also because the camera's pulled back. There's a wider field of view, so it just yeah. feels much more straightforward. I guess no, that's not the the right word, but it, it's it's more accessible because there's more to view. I don't like first person like not giving me any semblance of not being able to see what's behind me i know there's situational awareness that you can develop and people can call me can tell can tell me to get good if they want but it's it, there there's certain limitations that every game has and you have to you have to adapt but that is yeah, an aspect I, wanna, I actively find i just want to chime in on the yeah. uh, first person as well um i'm because i'm the same way as that i'm not i've just i've never been a fan of first person because i'm not at, that good at first person games for whatever reason but another point, too, other than just not being good at it, uh, Ryan, uh, we discussed this on our Resident Evil podcast, um, is I feel like with the first person not being able to see the character, you don't get as connected to the character, at least for me. Um, that, that was one of my only complaints when we talked about Resident Evil 7, because overall I loved Resident Evil 7, but it was a first person game, whereas those games are normally third person. And that was my one complaint is like, I felt like, I, I didn't really get to know the main character. You know, all the other games, it's like, you know, Leon and Claire and Jill and whoever you, you kind of, I don't know, you feel this connection with them. And I almost felt not as much that way because it's first person. You never see them. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 that, that's a thing for me, too. I've just I've never been good at them. And I, I feel like you, you kind of miss that character connection. So, yeah, just wanted to jump in on the first person thing there. Yeah, and I agree with you on that. Although, from my experience, it seems like games that are designed in first person, usually the character is meant to be an avatar. So it's more about, like, well, you're not really a separate character. You're playing as yourself in this world. So it's meant to be mm. that kind of role-playing situation is the reasoning I've seen. Or there's, like, very specific reasons when you can't see the character. And besides just the viewpoint, and there is a certain advantage when it's, when it's primarily shooting, being able to see down the sights of guns and, and things like that, it's a little more direct, and you can see a lot more detail because the camera's pulled in further. But in general, I agree, you can design that. And we like Resident Evil is a game with tons of detail that you can still go in and see, or there's been plenty of games, and Skyrim and, and other Bethesda games uh, that do support either a first-person or third-person mode, or other games... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to think of any other examples, but right now I know there's like in Kingdom Hearts, there's actually like a first person mode. You can't fight in it, but when Grand, you're like running Grand, around. Grand Theft Auto and for Red Dead Redemption both have first and third person modes. Grand Theft right. Auto 5 and Red Dead 2. And they did add them in where there's an optional like first person zoom in mode so you can look around and, and get in there if you want to, but then you can pop back out to the third person. And I prefer that overall, uh, but mm. I would be remiss if I didn't mention games like Bioshock, Bioshock Infinite and Metroid Prime, specifically Prime 3 in my experience, where the first-person view worked really well, and they still designed around the limitations quite well, and it's still a very fun game and whatnot. But yeah, when it comes to like characterization, I think, especially if you're meant to be a character or to be controlling a character, I think it makes much more sense to be third-person to see that maybe, stuff. Maybe I just need, like, to take the big jump and, and play VR games. Cause I feel like first person in VR would be pretty cool, but I'm yeah. not quite yet on that bandwagon. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's what would make them work for me, but um, there's, there's still time for me to try that out. Yeah. And it's a different kind of experience, but yes, it is. It, it could sell you on, well, VR first person. Cause I say that in and of itself is the way you control and act in that is 
is nearly completely different. It's more intuitive, honestly, than twin stick controls for a first person game. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and just to commiserate a little bit with you, I'm not good at first-person shooters in general. I stick mostly to single-player when there, but because of the large number of multiplayer games that are first-person shooters, I've kind of begrudgingly gotten used to it. But with Overwatch, I is like the only game I choose to play with mouse and keyboard because in order to be good at that game on PC, or to at least be competent, I should say, because I'm not really good, I'm just competent, more often than not, I'd say, <laughs> at this point. Um, <laughs> mouse and keyboard is, is the way to go. It's You just can aim faster and it's more intuitive, even if you don't have a lot of experience to use a mouse. I'll so. say um, this is not a multiplayer game, but as far as first person go, when we're on this tangent, I loved Portal and Portal 2. Um, I, yes. I, don't know yeah, yeah. You, I don't know how you could not like those games. but Two of the, two of the best games. Yeah, yeah they're amazing. <laughs> And those, and those were puzzle games, so it wasn't. It didn't require yeah. fast reaction time often. There was a few puzzles where it wanted you to do things like in motion, but usually you could take your time and position things, and it wasn't about reflexes. It was about problem solving. And then if you died, you literally got put right back into the action, and, <laughs> and like a joke was usually made. Like you didn't, you didn't run out of lives. You didn't just lose and, and have to start the game all over. Now it was, yep. it was a very, very fun game. Yeah, definitely. And the co-op mode for Portal 2 was fantastic, and we, we need more co-op puzzle games like that. Uh, keeping the conversation moving, uh, Paul, so yeah, is there anything specifically about multiplayer that puts you off or is, keeps you to that like limited perspective um, or anything? Well, we'll keep moving the conversation forward. Is there anything you want multiplayer to be doing better that might make you more excited to play more multiplayer games? Uh, yeah, I, uh, as far as what puts me off, I, I'm not, I, I don't like when people are super competitive in multiplayer mm-hmm. games because, like I mentioned earlier, my favorite thing or one of my favorite things about multiplayer games is, you know, playing with friends and the, the social aspect. So when you have somebody that's just like way too into it and like way too competitive, it's just like, all right, settle down. Like, we, we don't need that. It just, it just takes away the fun for me um, and it just becomes more of a nuisance. Um, so I, I don't care for that. And then f- for the, the game itself, um, I, I don't care for shooter, uh, shoot 'em up type games, whether it's first person or third person um, mm-hmm. uh, multiplayer. And I think one of the reasons for that is because I, I've never been overly great at shooter games, and it seems like there's always somebody who is. <laughs> this is dating back to yeah. um, uh, this is dating back to like high school days when. We used to play GoldenEye for N64. I'm sure everybody's played that. That's one of the more famous, you know, multiplayer games from uh, back in the day. You know, so I, I never had an N64, but there was always somebody in the group who had GoldenEye. So whenever we'd get a large group of people together, it seemed like there would always end up being a game of GoldenEye being played. And it always just seemed like there, was, there were one or two people that were awesome at it. Yep. And... I was never that great. And it was, so it was just like that. Those one or two people, you know, they, they knew all the secrets. They knew where to hide. They knew, and it was just like, all right, I'm going to start to play. Oh, I'm dead already. I'm start, I'm getting <laughs> shot at. Where, where's this person? I don't know what's going on. So it, and that's my, been my experience whenever I've played a shooter multiplayer game is there's always like one or two people that are amazing at it and that could kill you in one hit or one shot or whatever. And it's just, there's too much. So going back to what I mentioned with Among Us earlier, in my experience with that, it seems like whether you've been playing Among Us for a day or for a year, you're pretty much at the same skill level. There, you know, it, it's it's very easy to get into, like I said. So 
that's why it's so much fun is it's like you don't really have to be a pro um you could play with these people that have been playing forever and still it could still be fun um whereas i've found in my experience with shooter games is if you don't play as much or you know if you're just kind of more casual at it there's always going to be somebody whether it's in your friend group or online there's always going to be somebody that's just like way too good and just takes the fun out of it so um those are definitely my uh my least favorite ones to play and then for your last point as far as like what i would like to see or any improvements um i can't really say off the top of my head um i I would love to see more games like among us those games that kind of um it's almost like a the the best way i could describe it relating it to a board game is like clue where you know you're there's a killer we don't know who it is let's put our heads together and try to try to think but at the same time as we're putting our heads together and thinking we know that at least one or two people here are are a a killer so like are are they tricking us like who do we believe do we believe it's just it's just so much fun to uh you know that back and forth i would love more of that of of that like who did it type thing like who who do you believe like is this person telling the truth they sound a little shady you know it's what's going on so yeah more, more stuff like that but um yeah, so that's we'll that's, that's my that. my two cents on it. We'll we'll all have to do that one night. Yeah, I I mean, especially with us, since we all know each other, um, yeah, I, I think we'd have a lot of fun with it. How many yeah. players can you get on there? Um, I think yeah, ten. you can get up to ten. I've heard that they're gonna expand it on a future update, but yeah, so right now you could do a max of ten. I've I've watched like like some footage online, but I don't like I don't know like like what. So you're trying to like catch. So, like a killer or something yeah or so like... basically i'll i'll give a quick rundown i don't want to go too much off on a tangent but um that's fine yeah, so you so you um you're in a, a ship a spaceship and you're with like i said so let's say let's just give the example of 10 people so let's say you have a, a crew of 10 people um you could do one imposter but if you have 10 people it's generally preferred to do two imposters because it's a little bit difficult for only one person so when the game starts, you're either you're on this ship and you're either a crewmate or an imposter. So if you're an imposter, um, you'll know who the other imposter is um, if there's two of them. If you're a crewmate, you don't know who anybody is. So you don't know who the other crewmates are. You don't know who the imposters are. So if you're a crewmate, um, you have a list of tasks on the ship and your goal is to try to get those tasks done. They're, they're super simple tasks. Um, you know, it's, they're like little it's, mini games, like WarioWare mini, exactly. level mini yep. games, yeah. Yeah, super simple, things like that. So you have to try to get your tasks done. Um, if you're the imposter, you want to try to kill all the crewmates. And you could do that in a variety of ways. You could sabotage things on the ship. You could sabotage the reactor. You could sabotage the oxygen. And what that does is it, it takes the crewmates away, and they have to get that fixed before they can get their tasks done. Um, because if you're a crewmate and you get your tasks done, uh, you, you win the game. So anyway, so if you're the imposter, you have to try to kill somebody uh, you have tried to kill the crewmates, but you have to try to do it without anybody else noticing. Um, so let's say you're one of the imposters and you kill a crewmate and somebody else discovers the body. They report the body and then you all get into this uh, meeting. So then everybody kind of talks of like, well, I found this body here. I saw this person, you know, walking by right before. So, you know, I think they're the killer. And or, you know, somebody could say, well, I was in this area, so it couldn't have been me. Or I saw this person here, so I know it couldn't have been them. So it's a lot of. So you really have to have like a conversation with people. Like it doesn't yep. seem like a fun game to like 
to like play in like a chat bubble or something right like that. And, and they do have that op they do have a chat bubble but yeah it's not nearly as fun uh because like i said we did invite we did make it public a couple times um and the random people were just in the chat bubble and yeah it's, it's just not as fun as like actually having that phys- that uh discussion that out loud discussion with people that you know um yeah so that's basically it and then um if you are the imposters and you know you kill everybody you win you could also win by um let's say you sabotage the reactor and i think the the crewmates have like 30 seconds to fix it if they don't fix it in that 30 seconds you could win that way and then the crewmates win like i mentioned either by finishing all their tasks if all the crewmates finish all their tasks or um you could also win by figuring out the imposters so um when you're in that meeting together you could vote um you could either vote to skip or you could vote on like okay i think this person's the imposter and if you could convince enough people and enough people vote for them they'll get kicked out and then if you know if you kick out the correct people then you end up winning so that's basically it i i feel like i made it sound a lot more complicated than it is but it's very easy you'd pick it up after literally like one game of playing you'd be able to pick it up and it's 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 pretty fun it's, yeah, a, it's, it's a, a lot of fun <laughs> it's a digital deception style game you may have heard of either like secret hitler or werewolf where people are on different teams and playing roles and you're trying to figure out the who done it yeah of it and then among us takes a a different aesthetic there there are a couple different stages so the layouts aren't always the same yes yeah there's three i think yep and just like any of the other game any other these other games are specific like you get used to people's tells and for Among yes. Us, since you're not in the same room, it's you're playing online, you, there's a certain amount of information you start to accrue about the way the game is supposed to be played that helps you understand whether or not someone is or is not an imposter or helps the imposter blend in better. So yeah. there's there's that kind of information. So I think if we do play it, we'll have to have like a separate conversation because I've seen a lot of videos and heard a lot about the rules and Paul's definitely played a bunch as well. So it's one of those things where... If you literally start, like, if only one person knows how the game's supposed to be played and you get a bunch of other people who have just heard of it, yeah, it's way more fair. But at this point, with it so long, it's, like, it's hard to get in. So we'd have to have just a little chat about, like, here's some basic stuff to start looking at uh, to jump in there. And th- that speaks to the same thing with other multiplayer games where there's that information you accrue and it can be harder or more difficult to jump in and play yeah, with Yeah, like Mario Kart, you don't really need, like... Yeah, if you bet someone, just, you yeah. just drive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah drive it's like shoot stuff. And... Yeah, oh, yeah, someone didn't understand how to get more items or didn't know what items did versus, you know, didn't know how to like break and and drift or things like that. Like there's the different levels of of techniques or had never played on certain courses. That's, you know, it's like information like oh you're at a disadvantage. So, um, there's that. But uh, going back to another point here, I wanted us to discuss some of the the best things. Uh, best features of multiplayer that have been out there and some of the things we'd, we'd like to see either be added or, or come back. And, you know, I was already talking about for, like, fighting games with better net code, and there's those things where that, that stuff is... There's multiple levels of that. Everyone, please, if you can, wire in your console and or PC. Wi-Fi is, is less stable than wired all the time. Doesn't matter how fast your internet is, that's not how it works. Just a friendly disclaimer there. This PSA is brought to you by Option Menu Crew. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but I had some stuff I wanted to talk about, and I think we can all agree we'll start off with the easy one. Crossplay is just so awesome, right? Being yes. able to play the same game, no matter who owns the game, on what system, and just being able to play together. And Among Us is one of those games. Yep. Gotta have it. Yeah, that's huge. It should just be 
everywhere. It should just be something, and I know slowly, like Microsoft's been trying to pioneer it. Nintendo's kind of gotten on board more than not, and Sony's really the big kind of holdout there. Uh, Steam doesn't care. Valve and Steam really don't care. They're like, go ahead, because people who are PC are probably buying it on Steam anyways, and Epic Game Store. They're, they have their exclusivity deals, but uh, they seem to... Dip. They haven't stipulated anything, and they're usually pretty good about doing cross, even though it's so weird that it would be like cross multiplayer between like Steam um, or, you know, EA, Ubisoft, and those other companies with their independent launchers. It They need to put in like cross play, even on the same platform, because PC is technically the same platform. But right. yeah, that, yeah, that's just something that's awesome there. It yeah, doesn't make it, sense not to have it. Yeah, I mean, and looking back at like the, the couch co op days, like, I didn't have to own a game. If like Mark could bring over, we'll go back to our NHL 95 thing. Mark could bring over his copy of NHL 95 to my house and pop it into my system and we could play it. Like I didn't have to own the game in order for us to play it. So right. To that, that point Paul. about multiplayer, not having <laughs> the game. One game that was great for that and still is, is uh clubhouse games. And that was on the DS and also now it's on the switch. But for those, and for a lot of other DS games, you had download play, where only I one player to had to, too, yeah. only one player had to have a copy of the game, yeah. and they could download kind of a limited subset of features. Um, the new Clubhouse games actually has a free app version of the game that you can download as a second player, and if you're local, you know you can still play locally with the other person, each on your own system, as long as um, you know, one of you has it. And I think I think that's a great feature. Um, and the 3ds and the ds especially that was yeah that was really cool or really great yeah i loved the download play feature there's a, a number of games that had it i most fondly remember i think it was mario kart ds yeah mario kart ds that had that and the limited feature was you could play on whatever courses and stuff like that but you could only play a shy guy and shy guy was pretty balanced though so it wasn't like it was you were terribly uh gimped when it came to picking a character and their stats but yeah that was so fun because i think the the download play supported up to seven people for a total of eight racing off of mario kart ds um then yeah, a couple other incredible. games had, yeah it, it was such a great thing to do especially with the way that was handheld and the, the local wi-fi i'd love to see something like that for switch but that that gets into some business realities that are, are tricky because people you know the companies want you to be buying copies of the games because there will be people who'll be like oh i only play this multiplayer so i'm never actually going to buy a copy of the game to do it and the limited feature set i thought was the right way to do that but for some people you know there's no limit too low that they won't deal with it for free <laughs> so it, it's it, it's a weird conundrum there but i think it's definitely great for a, getting people hooked and i think that's the problem there's certain people you can never convince to buy and there's some people that might get unconvinced by, and that's like one of the problems with demos sometimes is, well, they get satisfied, and so they don't. And I think there might be some statistic out there that show that like demos don't work. But like we were talking on the subscription episode, you know, Mark, you, you brought up that Game Pass. People have been going on Game Pass, and then developers who had their game on there, once they, they leave Game Pass, they see huge upticks in sales because people wanted more they finally got exposure to it and they felt confident in purchasing so i think we'll see that more in the long tail but the the industry the publishers investors etc have to be more willing to deal with long-term sales and think more long-term and uh, for financially rather than these the, the bubble sales that they're they're currently that we're currently dealing with it's causing a lot of 
lot of issues there. Or I don't know, like maybe there's something with like free to play and microtransaction, and that's another thing that's that's there where I think there's there's other things. But yes, thanks for bringing up download play ad. I th- I was gonna that was gonna be the next thing I mentioned. Like we need to bring that back. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like there. I said, there's there's still a version of that for Clubhouse games on the Switch. You know, you have the you have a separate app, app, you know, a separate game version you have mm-hmm. to download, but you don't have to pay for it as long as the other person has it. Yeah, and I know it's going to sound like we're sponsored by Among Us with how much we're talking about now, but I did want to mention <laughs> it is like it's weird. I think it is like three bucks or two bucks on like some platforms, and it's free on others. Like it's there's or there's a free version on iOS and there's a paid version. I think that takes away like ads or something like that. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. Switch it's very affordable. Like five dollars or yeah. So yeah, on on the phone, it's free with ads, like you said. And then I so I I I found it a little bit more difficult to play on the phone though. It was just a little mm-hmm. harder to control. So I ended up downloading Steam and I bought it, I think, for like four ninety nine or something like that. So oh, that's awesome. not bad. Not, yeah, not bad at send all. Send me a friend request. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Paul, I, you got to send us your Steam code. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure what it is. The only thing I've ever done is go on to play Among Us. So. I'll find <laughs> it. Oh, that's fine. We'll figure it out. And that's a, that's another thing. Oh, and that's that leads me perfectly to our, our next feature. An, an amazing feature that online has allowed and kind of makes up for when games don't have native uh, couch co-op support. Or... Uh, yeah, or no, they don't have online support, excuse me, but they have couch co-op, is remote play. And I know we're throwing mm-hmm. out a lot of wor- words plus the word play, but remote where play going. Yep, was a feature actually pioneered by Sony on PlayStation 4, maybe PlayStation 3, I think it was PlayStation 4, where using the online connection, if a game had a couch co-op mode, they'd be, you'd be able to sync up with one other player or an, a couple players. I think it was limited to one, though, for the most part. And that person could online send their control inputs and would receive a stream back so they could participate online through the, the local co-op mode. And this mode was... This feature was more recently adapted in the last, like, two years, I think, by Steam as well with, with their games... With the games that are sold on Steam that have couch co-op modes, even though that's a little bit more rare on there but that's such a great feature there too when there's almost no excuse for these for games not having online modes at this point but it does require extra dev resources not every team is fully funded and it's just that that too is amazing so uh, i i know like for fighting games it can be great even though it's not the best experience because there is a lot of lag that can be but it's also been great for certain games where it's like hey i have it you can try it or even a controller passing feature it's like if someone owns it they can just pass you the player one controller, and when I say pass, I mean, in air quotes, digitally, you let someone else take control, and they could play for up to an hour. You know, has anyone else here uh, tried remote player? Have any thoughts on that? No, I know Mark, you've got some. Yeah, it was yeah. Vita too, right? Vita, I think had. Oh, maybe I'm thinking. I'm not. I might not be saying the right name because there is oh. a different remote play. There, those are two. Mark, what? Hmm. What was? The term we we threw it around before in our chat. Or remote we were play, about. you can control your PlayStation console remotely wherever you have high speed internet connection. Share That's play, my okay. bad, Mike. Yes. Oh, okay. Vita, that, no, no, no. You you clarified. I was wrong. Yeah. Remote play is allowing, or did I say I, I'm all confused now? But anyways, remote play <laughs> is Mike. To your point allowing a console to be streamed out to another device, whether that be like the Vita with the PlayStation or for Microsoft, they let you 
stream out from the Xbox One or Xbox Series consoles to like a tablet or a PC. And it's the stream right. though, and the box is the hub running the game. Allowing yeah, I've I've tried that. It works okay, but a lot of big games are not designed for that screen, particularly yeah. the text. But it it's a nice feature to have. Yeah, but it is I'll, not the same as share play. <laughs> yeah, and remote play and share play both have to deal with internet connection speeds limiting the experience. But they are nice features to have when you just want to try and do something, and you know when the goal is hanging out and being together, it is nice. It's a nice feature to have just to, to mess around with on occasion. And that's where I also hope, like, we'll see more games implement, like, co-op features and take advantage of those extra features to allow more to just get in for free. Obviously, that's an issue, and they'd probably mon rather monetize it in some regard. Although I think, well, yeah, for PlayStation, like, you have to buy a PSN plus, uh, PlayStation Plus in order to take advantage of those online features. But um, it'd be cool to see that come to Xbox as well. Uh, they already have the the remote play, but they don't have share play. Um, so for them, they, they do with. I I played this one game with my brother. I bought the game. He was able to join. Um, I I can't remember. It was it was two dudes. They were in jail, breaking out together. It was a co-op driven game. Yes, yes. I f struggled to remember that title. Really, that... really good game though, and and it's killing me now that I'm getting. Was that a cool. way out? A way out. Yeah. Right. Yep. I, that just comes off the tongue too easily. Way out game. I th I'm pretty sure Ed's yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then also, fact check. <laughs> Wolfenstein put out that co-op game recently. I forget. Uh, New Blood. Yep. Wolfenstein New Blood, where also they were, one person bought the game and they could give a free code pass to a second player to guarantee co-op. So yeah. some titles I've experiment with that. I've seen that more and more, but yeah, as far as like the platform wide, um, Xbox doesn't really quite have that remote play still isn't like across the board. There are some titles that are blocked from using those types of features. Um, but yeah, when it, when it works, it works really, really well, which is what I was going to kind of say earlier. And that I've played, I don't know, castle crashers, battle block theater, yep. so many other games. I can't remember them all, but like, those are, those are also types of games that we can all group up online. You don't even need to have steam for that. I don't, well, wait, no, you do. You do. It has to be a Steam yeah. game. I don't think you well, can do share play through with just an executable that's been yeah. logged in Steam. Like if it was a an EA Origin exclusive game, even though you can put the executable All through right, Steam. Yeah. But I don't mm -hmm. know. Actually, that might be a loophole, and we could test that uh, because <laughs> Steam's interface might still do that because i think sometimes you can do that with um like the steam controller setups and stuff since you're trying to boot it through so we, we we can google that though but still that that kind of feature is the kind of innovation that would maybe help <laughs> hearkening back to our previous episode as well uh justify like subscription services also i mark you and i were talking about this on the side i think xcloud might introduce some of those features or the streaming solution might be the way in the future that Microsoft will encourage multiplayer for people like you purchase this game, you could get maybe give people an X cloud pass and they'd be able to multiplayer in with you from whatever their device. Cause that's another thing too, is what about, and you'd hope crossplay becomes bundled in this, but what about if your friends have other platforms, but it's the same game and not being able yeah. to join each other, you know, that that's still a hurdle and, all right. these things factor into it. I think the accessibility of, of gaming and online is probably by far the biggest 
most important element. But yeah, like as far as XCloud goes, like I I'm not I'm not the target demo. It's as simple as that. I've got a computer, I've got an Xbox, I've got actually all the platforms nowadays. I, I keep forgetting, but at the same time, you you and me, because of being like power users essentially, are also like main points of contact to draw other people in to the games. And if sure. it was more accessible for those people who only have so th- so many things, it'd be easier for us to be able to draw them in whatever that platform would be. So that, that still helps out business, but they're trying to figure out the money in the back end because like with Fortnite, the whole reason that Fortnite was able to push cross-play as far as it did was because it's so huge and everyone's playing everywhere across the globe. But other companies were holding out because microtransactions and where's yeah. that money go and how did these like features work do I want my Mario Fortnite avatars being visible on PlayStation? And I think you should. But then what happens if you want to, you, you buy that, you download that game, uh, Fortnite, on multiple consoles? Like, how does that transfer over? What's the account things? And they still aren't quite there to sort that all out. And it's mainly because of money. Because everyone wants their cut instead of making it simpler and just giving the best consumer experience. Sure. But we're going there. And, and I yeah, think we I, have to... I, I'm with you on xCloud kind of being, you know, a good thing to bring in other people. I mean, if I could play xCloud on my Switch and subscribe and play some of the multiplayer games that you guys might play on, you know, your PC or Xbox, I mean, I, I can see myself subscribing to that at least part of the time. I just, you know, it's not like I, I, I couldn't get an Xbox and a PC. I just, I only want so many things right now. I don't want... A lot of I I only have so much space under my TV for these kind of things, and I, but if there were at that low level of investment just for like a multiplayer thing, I I could see that being something that I could get into. Um, so I I do think there's a benefit there for Microsoft and you know perhaps other console platforms if if the uh, you know the money is there to uh, get bring more people in. Well, Ed, you could just take some side tables or take some of those dining room chairs because you're probably not having anyone over. You could set them next to the TV. You could put more boxes next to your TV. <laughs> my my, <laughs> de- no. my desk and my <laughs> wires are already a mess. I mean, I, I guess it's like in for a penny, in for a pound, right? Why am I funding it? <laughs> just, I was just, just joking around, on, but just yeah. Pile on the, just pile on the consoles. No, I, I I agree, and it's it, that's you know everyone that's a personal thing where everyone's entitled to what they're they're preferred for that. And for me, I've made a huge reductions because I've got my PC, which is essentially you know covers now everything Xbox as well, or nearly everything Xbox. My PlayStation Five, I checked my backwards compatibility and I put away my my PS4, and then I have my Switch, and that's these three platforms pretty much can play any game I want to. And also I have the Oculus Quest, so now I've got VR. So, yeah, I've done a lot of consolidating, but and things have moved in, in that direction. And part of that's also taste. I could get an Xbox Series X, but it's partially redundant thanks to a PC. But that's, that's also a, a personal situation. I wouldn't fault anyone for also having a PC and Xbox because there is some, some cross features there. Uh, Mark, you were, you were trying to say something. I'm sorry. I have no idea. <laughs> okay no worries just wanted to make sure and toss back maybe you'll think of it um just just chime in if you do uh but yeah so like paul and mike is there anything for you guys that you want to see done better in multiplayer gaming uh not really i i think um i, th- I mean i think you guys pretty much touched on everything i, I mentioned 
well, this isn't really done better. I mentioned previously, I, I like the style of how Among Us does it, but um, I guess that's not really doing anything better. That's just another style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like your ideas of what you've brought up. I, I think it's nice to be able to play multiplayer if not everybody owns the game, like, or the, the console, for example. Like, I, um, you know, I haven't been able to play multiplayer games with you guys as far as mario kart or um uh super smash brothers goes Mm -hmm. you know now that we haven't been able to get together in person so um i think i think it would be cool if there was more more of a way to connect those those things you know so that not everybody has to has to own the game or whatever so yeah so i I, I mean i I like those ideas but yeah i think you you guys all pretty much touched on touched on everything i thought of something and this is more of a, a policy change than a real feature. But I, I think that, you know, a lot of these subscription services, they have their value-added portion with the games and other content that you get. I, I think it, it would be beneficial to consumers, and I, I think it could be beneficial to platform holders if online play were just a core feature of the system that did not require a subscription. Because especially now that a lot of games, you know, have additional downloadable content, I, I think if you could remove that barrier to have people playing online you you would they would have a larger audience and uh i i I actually i thought a while back i heard a rumor that microsoft might be considering that which i could definitely see with them now having game pass i mean if they if they think that you know online play is something you could dip a toe it might be a, a an easier foot in the door to get someone to subscribe to your service i just i mean pc most most games that would have an online subscription, I guess, other than MMOs, and I I think that well, maybe maybe if consoles were like that, I I mean, I, it's hard for these companies to really give up that monthly subscription. They might feel like they're losing something, but I think in the long run, there could be a lot to gain in terms of uh, a larger audience who, you know, maybe they don't want to pay every month, but they might even psychologically be w- willing to spend more if it's just whenever they feel like it versus on a monthly basis. Maybe this is getting into what you were, you were just saying. Let me ask, would it be, and I'm asking the room here, would it be appealing? And even though the, you might, it might be too late to put the genie back in the bottle because of the way things are, but for crossplay, let's say it was to evolve a little bit more in the year and become more open. Would you guys be willing to pay more if it was for the subscription services online? If, that would guarantee the crossplay, and maybe you only pay per per platform. So, like for you had your Switch, and it was the same game that was coming out on on PlayStation, but it would have like cross save and crossplay and cross account, etc. All the stuff. Would that be something you? Is that feature worth your your dollars? And would you want to either like buy channel or just like one one bundle thing? Is that something you guys would think they could charge for and get away with, or that you would even pay for it yourself, or? So you're saying, like, for example, if I owned, I, I own PS4, PS5, whatever, and there was a feature where I could connect, or a feature, something I could buy, where I can connect with you guys to play Super Smash Brothers, let's say, even though I don't own that system. Is that what you're saying? Something well, I was like saying, that? Well, I was saying you'd have to still own the same game. Okay. Because I think the game, I think that's a whole other thing is the game coming out on other platforms. And like Smash Bros. is an exclusive. Right, that's yeah, a, that's yeah. a whole other. But I meant like, say, Resident Evil Revelations 2 for you and me, Paul. 
Like mm-hmm. we we know it's both co-op, but I own it for PC, you own it for PlayStation 4. And what if it was like we could pay for you you would pay like 5 bucks extra or I'd pay 5 bucks extra and that's what would guarantee that it allow the crossplay to work between PC and PS4 because it the all, any games that do that that way Sony's getting their cut and Steam's getting their cut which may not necessarily work um and you break down those logistics for PC but that's what I'm saying or Xbox to PC if it were or not yeah. Xbox to PC Xbox to PlayStation then that way each one's getting their cut or should it just be I like I would do that yeah Definitely, yeah. I mean, I know. Yeah, so I see what you mean. So obviously, it wouldn't work with. I, it was a bit. The Super Smash Brothers was a bad example, but um, yeah, for something like that, like you mentioned, Resident Evil, I, I would pay the extra for that. I mean, depending how much it was, if your idea is correct, and let's say it's five bucks or something like that, right. I, I would definitely do that for the ability to to say like like I know. Let's say you know I know Mark is a is an Xbox guy, even though you are branching out into play playstation but you're an xbox guy i'm a playstation guy so i've got a playstation console you have an xbox console but we both own the same game and we really want to do co-op with each other i would pay the, an extra five bucks to be able to do that i think i think it'd be worth it five bucks a month or something like that like either maybe it's more for like all consoles so like say microsoft nintendo and sony had to make a deal and all of them add like a an option to it you know there could be like a this is all cross play or you can choose which one because as we've talked on the on the previous episode mike's mentioned like he would like different tiers of service to be able to choose how much he's paying for the level of access he gets so would that be would those kind of possibilities be something that that would be encouraging enough for you to want to spend money even though i've fully put it out there the way it is now where it should, the games themselves like that's just being an appealing feature is there but I understand the other side is the business reality of, you know, everyone needs their cut and it's not helping platform holders really to let people play wherever because they want the copy sold. They want people to invest in their ecosystem. So if that was the compromise to like fully get cross play everywhere, finally, would that be something you'd be willing to invest in or you'd still prefer it to be free because it should be a given, which I agree. It's, that's the consumer friendly thing, but yeah, trying to, think about business realities i would pay for it for like i said it, it depends on the price but um if your five dollar a month thing is accurate um yeah I, I think that would be a a cool idea seems like that's where the industry is kind of going it almost seems like stadia is speaking directly into that but more so on the front of no platform and and just kind of for the games that have crossplay. so who knows if that's something that can roll out in the future so yeah would love to see that and just so people know uh mike unfortunately had to step away from the podcast so uh this episode so we thank mike for being here today and we're uh we're, we're wrapping up a little bit here um, but i just wanted to put that out there for our listeners in case they're thinking we're suddenly cutting off mike uh unfortunately <laughs> had to go so once again yeah uh that's the thing like there's some stuff oh another thing and it, this harkens to a bunch of the points we're here in trends of multiplayer games depending on how you like it. I, because I'm not so great when it comes to playing completely competitively, especially if it's not a game I'm super interested in or a type of game, like first-person shooters, I haven't found the gameplay incredibly compelling, except with rare exceptions, such as Overwatch, where I'm like, oh, I'm literally going to practice and get better, and I, I see the path, and I can understand it, and I can look up information, and I take it upon myself to improve. More competitive... Or not competitive... More cooperative 
gameplay and also more cooperative modes with higher player counts. I get that's difficult because balancing the game around like four people has been something that's been around for a long time and it's tougher and tougher to design a game to scale with more players. But that's something I would like to see a solution to in the future. And maybe it just means there has to be different types of games like Among Us or like board game style games. But that's another thing I'd like to see is these games branch out beyond the four. Because I do have a, I'm fortunate to have a situation where I've got a large number of friends that game. And we have a fair amount of overlapping taste, but it usually always leads to, well, we all want to play together and we want to be on the same team. But this game only supports four. And there's five of us that can play tonight, or even six or seven, and that just limits our choices to play. And that's kind of what happened with the with the Mario Kart nights. We talked about some other stuff, and we tried throwing out some examples uh, to get people on, but it was either a lack of willing to try finding a game that everyone was willing to purchase, and then also the game had to support enough people because we had such a, a big group. So that's something I'd like to see also change, hopefully in the future. And I think as online and becomes more prolific, I think, and, and you know, game design in general will upgrade. I think we'll we'll see that improve. Um, I think mobile definitely helps with that a lot because so many people have phones, so it's encouraging, and you can guarantee everyone's going to have that hardware. So I see that as a, a place where that might end up burgeoning a a lot sooner than on on consoles per se. Yeah, you're you're talking about just the level of investment required to even try a game, even not knowing if you're going to like it. And uh, that's, that's like you said, phones. But I think that's really where subscriptions could come in. You know, if you have the option to even stream a game on your phone, then you can try that. You, know, you, you might even be able to try it with a free trial. If they have a free trial for seven days, you try a game, you like it, you're hooked. You're playing on your phone streaming. And then you find you want a better experience, so you buy the console. Like there's a lot, I think, or or there's demos or download play like this. I think there's a lot of, you know, missed opportunities um, because of perhaps kind of a old way of thinking by these companies where, you know, you have to buy into the system. You have to buy into the, the game where you could broaden your audience by having a lower barrier to entry. I agree with you, Ed, in essence. I do have to bring this up, though. Uh, because I think you'll think the same thing as me. I think, yeah, streaming in that regard could do it, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't point out, at least at this point in our technology, say you did do that. If you did a subscription and you, you were trying a game for multiplayer just to see if it was worth your time or if you were having fun with your friends, but it was streaming, and then that streaming was really laggy, and the only way to get a better experience was to buy would you personally add would you say screw it to that game or would you actually be you'd play enough to be able to understand like eh, i guess it's fine spend a couple bucks on it <laughs> yeah uh, yeah maybe well in that case it wouldn't be a couple bucks it would be you're buying a new console because the the problem isn't the game the problem is the method of playing yeah but i i think it will get better to where that's not an issue especially on mobile i mean by 5g is really in its infancy on mobile but that promises to have better speeds lower latency you know so i think the technology will get there um i just i just hope even when that is available that there's still options for the consumer but i mean there are for music and movies 
you can buy a Blu-ray, you can buy a digital movie, you can watch the streaming. Same with CDs. I mean, heck, you can buy vinyl and cassette tapes for some releases now. So um, I, I can see a future where there's more options for consumers at different price ranges and levels of investment. So, um, so sometimes I, I get a little nervous about the way things are going, but um, that's it's there's probably a bright future ahead of us. I feel like okay. you basically summed up uh, PC gaming. You know, new game, super crazy graphic details. Well, buy a new graphics card and you'll get even more frames. Yeah. And that, that's another thing. I think streaming will be really useful. It's just not ready now. And it's such a different experience. And certain games will certainly be way better on streaming than that. Like, fast-paced Twitch games are the ones that'll that'll be difficult. And even some, like single player action games like say Assassin's Creed like they can be okay but they're still they can be suboptimal because there's still a certain level of reaction time that's necessary in order for those games to truly be what they are so it's well, tricky uh, we live in a world where Stadia is the best version of Cyberpunk so i think anything is possible <laughs> at least r- reportedly i've heard i have heard some stuff yeah yeah is that your mic? Yes. Hey, Mike's back! <laughs> we let the audience know that you had to step away. Uh, so we, we thanked you for being on the show. But thank you for... It's great that you're back. <laughs> you're back. Surprise, Surprise we're <laughs> we're, we're getting close to wrapping up. So, Mike, the, the last question was... And I don't remember if you, you gave an exact answer. Was about if, if cross-play... To guarantee there was cross-play with any game that came out. If they had to make a deal on the like Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft like went to the table and said, "All right, well, we'll just add like subscription tiers, so everyone's getting their getting their cut, and that way there'd be something like that to work." Would like would you be willing to pay extra for crossplay, or maybe if it was like game specific or something, or do you think it should just stay the way it is and it should just be an included feature with with each game? Which I agree is the more consumer friendly option, but I'm just trying to think about like if we have to make business realities a, a thing well they're not are they they're not making it any more money now are they like if like ea to play you know nhl or madden online like they're not getting any more money now you're just tied to that specific platform right well i was talking about with cross play so if i had an xbox and you had a playstation we could play multiplayer on madden together right now, e- now, EA could still make more money because if I found out that you had it on PlayStation and I just had an Xbox, but you told me, oh, no, it has crossplay now, and that's what made me decide to buy that copy of Madden this year. Like, EA makes more money, and so Xbox just... would make some money, but PlayStation wouldn't make any money off of that. Hence, that's where it becomes, like, tricky, and that's where, like, crossplay is so weird for the platform holders. For game but makers, it makes total have sense. To be, you still have to be subscribed to that service to use the online play. Or you're saying, you're just saying it would be free across the board for any game that, like, like you're talking about, like, Rocket League or something like that, where it would just be... Uh, it's just bundled would, in with the game. Yeah, I'm saying, like, if, if it had to, in order to guarantee cross-play for every game to stop this whole, well, only some of them are going to do it. Like, whatever it will take to get the contract signed to be like, yep, Every game that has online multiplayer that wants to can do cross-play, no problem. Or, you know, in an I ideal world. I don't see why it couldn't just be tied into, like, the subscription. Like, just tied into that subscription for whatever company 
So if I have Sony online, I can play Madden, but I can play it with my fellow Xbox friends. Like, I don't see why that couldn't be a possibility. Oh, uh, the only reason it wouldn't be a possibility is because they want more of your money. And now they've got you, they've got leverage on you. <laughs> yeah, they'd rather you buy their console and buy the game on their console so they get the you know, licensing fees and... Why should we give you something any, for free any, when you can we any, charge you more? Kind of, but the only of, reason kind of people the only reason people buy like well, not the only reason, but the reason why a lot of people stick with like a specific console, say Xbox or Sony, is to like their friends are all on Sony or their friends are all on Xbox. Wouldn't that just make it like whoever whatever system has the best games would get? I don't know. Yeah, right, I'm just that's overthinking a, it. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't think you're overthinking it. It's just there's a yeah. lot to it. But that that's that's different habits there. But at the same time, it's just like, but Sony has more exclusive games to it. So by Depends. don't 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 say yes, Mike, because if you say last Sony and Microsoft are going to listen to our podcast, and then they're going to be like, <laughs> oh, we can charge people for crossplay, and then and then everyone will be mad at the option menu crew because it started here. <laughs> i mean we can all say no like i i don't think it's a great idea but at the same time i don't I, either i want more cross play and i know that the main reason is money and unless we can just class action lawsuit them into just doing it then <laughs> like like i agree i'm not saying this is like a pro oh, yeah. doing it but yeah yeah that was kind of my thought with it too is like i would just want want it to happen and you know if I don't know. I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, I guess. Is, was all my... online gaming should be free. It's free on PC. It should That's, be free that... on all systems. Yeah. Executive order by the president of gaming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That, that yeah. would be my option if I had to choose. Uh, it, yeah, and I agree. It should just be something they do, and it sh they should just grow up and let us do it. But I get that it's a money thing. And if it is about making some reasonable compromise to some extent, I think it is being asked to pay like $5 more on the subscription or like full crossplay across all the platforms instead of no crossplay and or having and the options being no crossplay or having to buy an entire other system and copy of a game. I think that'd be a fair middle ground and that's why I put the idea out there but in general yes it should just be included and the company should stop being stupid. <laughs> I, I think there's a good chance we'll see more crossplay this coming generation because Sony has much stronger competitors in the Switch, and um, I th I think Xbox is, has a good chance of of gaining ground. And you know, part of the reason Sony is able to do this is because they have such a large market share. But um, I don't know yeah. if they'll be able to do that in the future. So they're getting worn I'm, down. I'm, I'm rooting for Microsoft just just because Sony needs a strong competitor. You just made Mark's day right now. <laughs> hey, I, wa I wanna, I I want everyone to do well. Yeah, no, I mean competition, not just in video games, but in general, I think competition is better for everyone. You know, I, I think we've seen that. So it certainly applies to to video games. The the more competition, I think the the better the products are, the better everything is for the consumer. Yeah, and and that's the thing. When I say it's about the money, as I've tried to mention before the whole point is the problem with those companies that they're trying to get all the money instead of just being happy with a lot of the money and that's the issue it's that all or nothing kind of mentality that's been hampering progress because everyone's trying to get as big a piece of pie possible instead of just trying to make things happen 
and being happy and make, that they're and make the more pie money. bigger. You know, maybe if they let bring more people into gaming, the pie gets bigger and their piece is worth more. So you, you see, know, Ed, that's the kind of long term thinking that'll get you fired in the video game industry. <laughs> well, that's that's why I'm an outsider. I'm 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 on the option menu crew. They don't want to deal with me. <laughs> yeah, no, and I agree with gaming. You. I was just being sarcastic for effect. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sad. It's sad because that's the thing. We could have so many more gamers. We could be broadening the audience, and they'd be bringing in even more money. But they just they just refuse to think long term. Uh, sidetracking from that, so let's let's uh yeah. Is there anyone anything else multiplayer wise people want to talk about today? I didn't have oh. anything specific. Oh yeah, and Mike, I I also said while you were there, or maybe you caught it. Um, you know, I wanted more games to have bigger cooperative, more more co- co-op games and cooperative modes with bigger player counts than four. Yes, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, why can't we have eight player Super Smash, or why can't they figure out, right. or even Mario Party? Uh, like Mario Party should have a robust online mode now because yeah, in twenty twenty. Right, that I would, mean, like that would be fun. Even yeah. locally, Mario Party doesn't support more than four, which is weird considering how many Mario Parties they've done. <laughs> like, couldn't like, figure it out. Think about it. Remember when like N sixty four came out and they had the four controller ports? And that mm-hmm. was a huge deal. It was like, wow, you could play four four people at once. Yeah. Like this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like what was that nineteen ninety six? Like if you think about it, we really <laughs> should evolve past that at this point. Yeah, the the eight controller ports. Although I don't think, I mean, yeah, everything's wireless now, so you don't need. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't see a reason. I don't see a reason as far as like when you're playing online, you know, or or even not online, even just couch co-op things like that with everything being wireless. I mean, I really don't see a reason why games should be limited to four players nowadays. Like I said, that was when when we had four players for N64. It was awesome. That was twenty plus years ago. So yeah, yeah. That that seems crazy to me. And I can understand. You go first, Mike. Oh, I was going to say for Super Smash, is it just that, like, it just gets bogged down, like, the 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 code can't handle it or something like that? Is it something more technical? Mm. Is there a technical reason behind it for certain games? Yeah, and, and so that's exactly what I was going to get to. For Smash Brothers Ultimate and for Wii U, as we know, like, they had the eight-player modes offline. But for, like, Wii U, they had to limit it to certain stages, and that they did those and then even in ultimate like certain things can be cut down there is technical limitations on when it's local for a game like mario party where it's very turn-based very slow paced that that shouldn't be as big an issue for online even for like a turn-based game like that also shouldn't be too big an issue that's more of a game design they have to balance around it they have to make the game be able to scale to those players so that that's something i completely get but it's not like you can't do that considering like board games have been around for years and there's all that. And maybe I'm being too reductive for that, so I'll, I'll completely own that. But it would be nice to just to see some more of that in general, and hopefully there there are companies and indie developers that are that are looking for those solutions. Um, but then online, yeah, there's also the technical limitations there, like the Switch, and because like they don't have good enough netcode for that, that's probably like specifically with Ultimate why they don't do the A-player, because it's just really hard, and it becomes way more connections to manage and they don't do dedicated servers it's all peer-to-peer so if the hardware itself isn't capable of handling those connections and everyone's got weird connections they still have to do some syncing up so it, it gets tricky and that's why and that's the difference between like shooters and stuff like that like gears of war supports like how what's the biggest like count for a, a for any one mode in 
in gears, Mark? It used to be 10, but they've actually lowered it down to to 8. So if you do 4v4 online, but as far as like PvE goes, it's you can still have 5 on, on one team. Okay, so that would be a bit of a bad example. But that also shows some technical limitation, even for a game that's console designed. Uh, Battlefield 4, what's the biggest mode there? 64. 64. And that's because that has servers. I don't know if Gears 5 actually has uh, dedicated servers. It probably it should if it's Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's first party. It's kind of... Yeah. So there, there's that. And then that might be more based on their game modes and stuff like that and their player counts. Actually, no. Uh, I, don't, I don't... Some of the, I think some of the modes, yes, do, but I think some of them do not. Okay. Based on just the pings that vary widely based on the stuff that I play. The servers, you mean? Whether or not yeah. they do have servers? Oh, okay. But yeah. for Battlefield 4, we know, or Battlefield games, we know for a fact that they have dedicated servers for that stuff, and that's what manages all the different connections. And there can still be glitches and things, but it's extremely playable experience, even with inconsistencies over 32 to 64 players. So it's, it's, there's tech, and then each game gets a different amount of tech support, and it'd just be nice to reach a point where it's not an issue anymore but that those are all things for the future this is more of a wish list and of course you know none of us are, are developers so we don't have the insight for for some of that and uh that besides the technical limitations it's also design because making a game and having experimented with trying to make a board game it's <laughs> you have to think of all these different variables and how it balances out and how it scales up and down so yeah i don't i don't envy them for it it, it would just be nice and i'd hope that there's in the future there's more people who are or developers thinking like us that that want to solve those issues and we'll, we'll do that stuff um, yeah maybe if yeah. we revisit this topic in a year or more the, there'll be some new great thing that you know the next biggest thing in the world like fortnite that does everything we want it to do yeah and i think uh yeah if this if we had even done this topic like last year we would have as i said at the beginning we would have been talking about right now we want more couch co-op games like there's just not enough games that do four player or six player couch co-op and it's you know this this is a unique time in our lives and hopefully it will continue to taper down into the positive direct or uh, progress in a positive direction and we'll be able to see each other locally again and mix and match like we did before so yeah, yeah time just marches on i think in the end we just want like fun games that are easy for other people to learn that, yep. you know have competition objectives goals yeah well completely at least for agree. me <laughs> yeah completely agree all right anyone else got anything nope i don't think so all no, right sir okay well we've had another amazing episode so thanks everyone for being here mike uh great for you pulling your disappearing act and coming back <laughs> and uh yeah Thanks again, audience, for, for listening and being here with us. And please join us for the next one. Until then, please take care. Thank you for listening. Bye. See ya.